0: I just think that it's rock
1: and roll that's what it is. This is the big time, girlie. This is
0: rock and roll.
2: You gotta give it all you got or forget it.
0: We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a party. Please mind the gap between
1: the train and the plane. They've
0: done it again. I'm going underground, get
3: this.
4: This is
5: Suburban Underground with
6: Drew and Steve on Bedford 105.1. Welcome back to Suburban Underground. We are your hosts, Steve and Drew. And we have the pleasure to bring back to the show John Lamero of The Hustle Podcast. Hey, John.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Well, glad to have you here.
6: This week, we have a very special show. This is all
3: one genre, all R&B and soul, and we've never done that before. This was John's idea. So if you hate it, you can blame John. (laughs) But actually I thought it was a great idea. So when we did our last crossover show, I threw in a breakdancing track from the early (laughs) eighties and it threw everybody off. And John, um, I think your reaction was, wait a minute. I didn't know we could do that. I didn't know that was allowed. (laughs) And uh, you recommended doing a whole show on R&B. So we said,
2: absolutely. That's exactly right. And we may have to do this in volumes. We all felt like there was so much good stuff to choose from we may have to inflict ourselves on your listeners once again with another <laughs> volume two or three in the future.
6: We had a lot of fun picking them. So normally we would uh, let our guest start us off, but because we have an uneven
3: number of songs, we're going to let Drew start us. All right, here we go. So you cannot have a soul slash R&B show without the greatest R&B soul band ever to exist. The Temptations, my favorite. I love The Temptations. Everything they've done pretty much is great. Um, a few... Yeah, songs here and there, but otherwise great. They went through a little-known, a little-remembered psychedelic period. If you know the Temptations just from My Girl and the way you do things you do and stuff like that, you might not know that they were a great psychedelic band. This is from their 1970 album, Psychedelic Shack, which is just as weird as it sounds. And this is the title track. Hold it, hold it. Listen. guys, that was Psychedelic Shack by The Great Temptations. You all loved it, right? I did love it.
2: It made my heart burst when you were leading up with all those fine, nice words to say about The Temptations, because they are the greatest singing group in history. Hey, we agree on something. Yes. Can you believe it? We never (laughs) agree. And I'm less familiar with the psychedelic period. I mean, some of it I know, but I didn't know this one, and I love it. It It's so fun to hear these pros do this kind of music.
3: There's a couple of other great tracks on that album as well. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good 70s
6: Motown funk song. However, (laughs) Eddie Kendrick's falsetto style of singing
3: gets my nerves. And I know it's heretical to say that, but it just does. Come on, man. Psychedelic shack that's where it's at. (laughs) Everybody knows that. John, tell us about your first selection.
2: Now, apparently the song was a pretty big hit back in 1972, but that was before my time. And I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio. I feel like it gets a little lost. You don't hear about it too much. It's called I Gotcha from Joe Tex. He was sort of a poor man's James Brown. And I hate to say that for anyone <laughs> who's as talented as this guy is, but he was. There was just no comparing with the great James Brown. But this song is just dirty and grimy and gritty. And he's got so much funk and grit in his voice. I love it. And it's two and a half minutes of pure soul and funk. Joe Tex, I Gotcha.
0: I gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You thought I'd. Now didn't you? Uh huh. Uh huh. You try to sneak by me now, didn't you? <laughs> uh-huh, uh huh. huh. Now give me what you promised me. Give it yeah, Come on. Yeah.
2: Gotcha.
3: Joe Tex. I liked it. When you called Joe Tex dirty in your intro, uh-huh. that was exactly the right word for this guy. His lyrics sometimes go where today we probably shouldn't, but uh he's great and that was a great song. And it's not the first time we've played Joe Tex on the show. We played him for a creepy Valentine's episode once. <laughs> That's right, we did. A
6: little trivia on him. He was born Joseph Arrington Jr., converted to Islam in 1966 and changed his name to Youssef Haziz. And this song, as you probably know, John, I didn't really know until I looked it up, was covered by Australian singer Jimmy Barnes in
2: 1991. Oh, I didn't know that, but this makes total sense. Jimmy has the grittiest voice in history. This is perfect, yes.
6: He did a cover album of soul songs, apparently. So my first pick is coming from an album from 2011 from Booker T. Jones of Booker T and the MGs. He brought in a lot of guest stars, and this one includes Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings and Matt Berenger of The National, which I know you don't like them, John. This is from his album The Road to Memphis, and this song is representing Memphis from Booker T. Jones. (laughs) ¶¶
7: Get out of Klondike. We're representing Memphis. I grew, I grew up, up so there, don't, don't talk about, about my city. city from the I hood to the birds. We, we all stay Up the Orange Mile, we're representing Memphis. I
1: like it at the Harlem House, almost good as at my mama's house. Make it out to Klondike, we're representing Memphis.
7: I grew up there, yes, don't talk about my city from the hood to the birth. We all stay busy from the bottom to the top. We got it on.
6: That was Booker T. Jones with Matt Beringer and Sharon Jones with Representing Memphis.
3: Uh, it's very oh. soulful. I love the organ. I love the groove. I love the reference to deep fried food. Sharon Jones and Booker T. Jones are both great. Not related, though. Booker T. Jones actually married one of his fans. He was set up on a blind date, and she didn't know who he was. And he told her his name. And she's like, wow, you have the same name as one of my favorite musicians. <laughs> he's a He's a neat cat, but that's a great song.
2: Yeah, I like this song a lot. And I think it's a perfect little love letter to the city of Memphis. It encapsulates everything that's great about that town. I will say compared to all the other songs on this list, I feel like this one's a little sleepy, mm-hmm. but uh, that doesn't make it less of a good song. It is a solid tune. And I think the guy's name is Matt Berninger, whatever uh, his last name is. You're he right. sucks.
3: <laughs> Berninger, you're right. All right so I'm up next with James Brown this is from Slaughter's Big Ripoff the soundtrack to that 1973 movie which Everyone no, knows yeah I was just going to say like you all remember that right uh, James Brown did the soundtrack this is people get up and drive your funky soul <laughs>
0: up together and drive your funky soul. They're doing it down in that Nassau. Drive that funky soul. They're doing it by the beach. Ah. Driving that funky soul. New York, get yourself together and drive your funky soul. Let your body pop and let your feeling fold. Raise up, get yourself together and drive that funky soul. When I say that funky soul. When I say, "Passes holler," and drive your funky soul. When I say, "Gemini," huh, and drive that funky soul. When I say.
3: brown people
2: this is just a perfect james brown song first of all no one does what james brown does and if they try they don't do it as well as he does namely joe tex and if you think about it james brown songs are barely songs they're just kind of i don't know what he's doing he's just kind of (laughs) riffing shucking and jiving over the top of some funk and he just does it really well there's barely lyrics to a lot of these things but nobody does it better and this song kicks it's really good
3: would it have killed him to spend a little bit more time on the lyrics <laughs> yes probably <laughs> hey it was for slaughter's big ripoff so you know you're not going to get your money's worth automatically just from the title there so. speaking of that movie it featured
6: another james brown it was nfl legend jim brown yep. and ed mcmahon
2: yep. yes i've actually seen this movie <laughs> you <It's> have <laughs> i love exploitation movies
6: <laughs> i never even heard of it
2: Okay, I, uh, I am throwing out a song that I think most people will know. Um, I know we're going obscure on this. The reason I'm picking this is because one of my favorite sensations in the world is when you hear a song that you forgot all about, but like. And I'm going with the Pointer Sisters, Automatic, from 1983. I feel like this is a song that almost everyone loves, but a lot of people have forgotten about. It doesn't get talked about. It's not like it still gets played on the radio. But I think everyone has a real soft spot for this tune. And so I wanted to kind of resurrect it. If you think about it, this is a soul group making what I think is some really cutting edge, avant-garde, almost funky synth pop. There's some now Rogers guitar going on. There's some very cutting edge synths going on. The girls sound fantastic. And I love this tune. I think everyone else does too. the Pointer Sisters. Come on, you guys, you got to give it up. You love this tune too, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I, I I
3: like this. I remember when this song came out and I liked it at the time. Pointer Sisters were huge. They had some other hits that I liked better. I think there's a reason this song doesn't get remembered. It's pretty good. It's not a bad song. It's just pretty good. It's not one I would just say, hey, you know what? I want to hear that song.
2: You're wrong. And now I'm going to start <laughs> criticizing everything you've <laughs>
6: I think this song exemplifies the worst of 80s pop music. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's the kind of 80s music I hated and still do. And I throw into that Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, Billy Ocean. Oh, this I, song's better
3: than Billy Ocean. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a lot, lot better than Billy Ocean.
6: Right. And one more point about Ruth Pointer's voice on the verses. I'm not sure if she sounds more like Patty or Selma from The Simpsons, <laughs> but that deep voice is not doing it for me.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh ouch. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're breaking my heart here, guys.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, Steve's <laughs> up next, so this is your chance. This is
6: one of several contemporary soul artists that I like. Um, there are a lot of them. Some of them are, have passed away, like Sharon Jones and Charles Bradley, but there's still Earl St. Clair and others that harken back to that 60s and 70s soul and funk. And this is Curtis Harding from 2014 from his album Soul Power. And the song is Keep on Shining. with Keep On Shining.
2: <laughs> I want so badly to just break your kneecaps on this one, <laughs> but this is my favorite song that either of you picked. Oh, wow. Yes. Keep On Shining. I didn't know who Curtis Harding was, but he's got all the makings of all the great soul singers that we've been playing and will continue to play in this episode. I love this. And what's cool is that a lot of retro soul doesn't quite sound retro enough it's not quite there or it sounds a little bit like a copy Mm -hmm. this sounds legit like it's organic and it's coming from the heart i loved this song
3: yeah i i like the beat i like the horns on the whole i thought it was okay and i think partly because for me modern soul a lot of it is good the song structure is good the horns are good but there's something in the production quality that even though it's much higher production value than than 40 years ago I like that hollow studio sound from that more analog sound. I don't like the polished sound. And this is just for me, just as a personal preference, a little too polished. All right, so again, you can't do a show like this without Al Green, so here's my pick. This is Let It Shine from 1976. guys that was Al Green from his full of fire album let it shine was the song and on the cover to the I think the single it may be in the album though he is in this glorious all-white bell-bottom suit with high-platform shoes that just is fantastic and even if you didn't like the song you should look it up just for that
2: Uh, I like this song a lot too Al Green can do no wrong in a lot of ways even his gospel music is really special I will say, and I didn't know this one, but it's just as good as some of his classic tunes. There is a little bit of an Al Green formula. Yeah. You know, he and Willie Mitchell, when they come together, they find a groove and they stay in it. But if you were that good at making that type of music, I would probably stay in that groove, too. So, yes, it's fantastic. I was
3: shocked that this wasn't a well-known song. Yeah. It's a smash hit single to me.
2: I must have missed
6: something because I felt that this was a middling, kind of a boring song with no hooks. And I thought listening to it several times that there must be other Al Green songs that are better than that, that aren't well known that could have been picked. Steve has no soul. (laughs) No kidding,
2: you people. So this is sort of an obscure R&B act from the late 70s, early 80s called Odyssey. And this is a song that I really like of theirs called Going Back to My Roots. back to my roots by odyssey they are probably better known for a song called native new yorker that was a big disco hit back in the day i like that one but this one i like even more and i wish that they got more attention they have get yourself an uh, odyssey's greatest Hits cd or something because every track on it is fantastic you guys are going to tell me i'm wrong i'm sure
6: i'm not i grew up in new york and i heard that song native new yorker a lot and that was the only song i ever heard from them so this was new to me this song was surprisingly good i liked it a lot And I think the best part about the song was the groovy guitar riff. Mm -hmm. I love that.
3: Great early 80s groovy song. I like the funky rhythms. I like the horns. I will go back to my commentary about the um, production quality. This is just a little too slick 80s for me. Yeah, you know. But that's not really to knock the musicianship. That's a really funky song.
6: Just a little trivia. This was a cover of a Lamont Dozier song. Oh, there you go. So... Coming up next, the Queen of Disco, Donna Summer. So I went through a disco phase in 1979. <laughs> Donna Summer was my favorite artist hands down and Bad Girls was a masterpiece of a double album produced by Giorgio Moroder, Our Love from 1979. That was Donna Summer from 1979 with Our Love. New Order's Bernard Sumner has actually admitted that he nicked that percussion pattern. That He took it from that song for Blue Monday. That makes
2: sense. Um, I like this song a lot. And I hope when we get to you, Drew, since you're so hypercritical on 80s production <laughs> values, that you will crap all over this song for the synthesizers, even though it doesn't deserve it, because this is a really good tune. I will say, I think of the Donna Summer and the James Brown songs, I feel like the songs we're playing are sort of B-side level, you know, they don't rise to the top, but they're still really good and really interesting, especially from artists like those guys who could do no wrong at the time. I love Donna Summer a lot too. This is a really good addition to her catalog.
3: Yeah, I I was just okay on the song.
2: Of Mm. course you were.
3: Mm. Gosh. Mm. I mean, you know, it has elements there that could be stronger and maybe if somebody redid it, it would be very good. But the the way it's done, it just leaves me a little cold. All right, now we're going to get some funk again. This is the great Bill Withers. And the reason I picked Bill Withers for this show is I was watching this interview with Corey Glover, the lead singer of Living Color, about his musical influences. And he was a gigantic Bill Withers fan in the late 70s. And um, Bill Withers' live album was one of his go-to albums that he just wore out listening to all the time and partly taught himself how to sing by singing Bill Withers songs. So I went back a little bit earlier than that to 1972 to pick this one. This is called Kissin' My Love.
7: She's such a pretty thing and I can feel my heart just a thumping and a skipping when I'm kissing my love. And I can feel my heart
3: That was the great Bill Withers with Kissing My Love from 1972. What'd you think?
2: I like this one a lot. Uh, Bill Withers, like all the other ones we've talked about, is another guy who can kind of do no wrong. I was thinking in listening to this, it's not like he has the strongest voice in the world, but it's so distinctive. You know Bill Withers Mm -hmm. the second you hear his voice. And there's something sort of comforting about it. Even though I think he's sort of a crusty, grumpy guy in real life, whenever you hear that voice, you feel safe or you feel good. And uh, this is an example of that. Great tune.
6: I agree. I like the song a lot, and I thought the drum beat was perfect for sampling on mm. the Beastie
3: Boys album. <laughs> mm. I love the slow <laughs> kind of behind the beat with a wow, chicky wow, and yeah. it's so good.
6: <laughs> John, tell us about Simon Day.
2: Yeah, I think it's I don't sim- Simon Day, Simonde. Day. I looked it up. Simonde. Oh, you did. Yep. Simonde. Okay, and this is a song called Bra. I'll let you hear it because I have a feeling you may recognize it as being a sample in some other hip hop song you may have liked at one time. Samande Bra. Mm -hmm. Okay, Samande Bra, they were a British funk outfit in the 70s, early 70s, and uh, their stuff is a lot like this, kind of funky, sort of jammy in a way, I don't know. Tell me, you did you recognize this? I did immediately from being on De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising album, <laughs> the greatest debut album in hip-hop history, by the way.
6: I'm not familiar with that album, so I did not recognize it. What you're saying, it was sampled for that, I, I assume. Yes, yes. Yes, they a different song of theirs was also sampled by the Beastie Boys on Paul's Boutique, by the way, mm. and I liked it a lot. Uh, it definitely has like a Latin jazz feel to it as well. But uh-huh. I I think they I
3: think it was really good. I like the beat a lot, just a great beat. I like the jazzy saxophone, a clear jazz influence um, right around the time that a lot of musicians were going to that jazz fusion. The only thing I really didn't like about the song, and it's just a personal preference, I don't like the chorus-like vocals when they're sort of... Uh It sounds like they're all singing together in a chorus for the whole verse. Just a personal preference. I don't like that. But the song was good. Very groovy.
6: Coming up next, we have one of the most famous names in 60s and 70s funk and soul, and it's Marvin Gaye. This is from his album In the Groove, which was later retitled I Heard It Through the Grapevine. 1967, it's the song You. Marvin Gaye with the song, You. It's Marvin Gaye. It's awesome. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's not much more you can add. You know. <laughs> right.
6: <laughs> it was a modest hit at the time and largely forgotten at this point. And I, I just liked it because it was well-crafted, nicely arranged, compact soul song. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. Agreed. Very good
3: song. Why would why would this song be forgotten? I guess if you were going to go with Marvin Gaye and you would pick his giant hits that really move you. But this is a great song.
6: And a little bit of trivia. Background vocals by Gladys Knight and the Pips on that.
3: Ah. There you go. So we have one left. Drew, you have the final cut coming up. All right, so as uh, you guys will remember from our last crossover show, I was really into hip-hop in 1981, 82, 83 era, and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were the kings. So this is from their great The Message album Catch the Samples. This is one of the first songs that was just almost entirely sampling. It's an example of how much hip-hop was influenced by rock and how much rock was influenced by hip-hop at the time. Notice that he plays a lot of bands that you're familiar with on this show. (laughs) So (laughs) mm -hmm. I love
2: it for that reason alone. I almost feel like this song is cheating because it includes so many different songs. It's like you've got 20 choices in one. It's a bit of a poo-poo platter, if you will, (laughs) of different kinds of music. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great tune, but it's... It's almost like a mashup like before mashups were good i mean this is this is great but it's it feels a little bit more almost like a gimmick to me or like a curio if you put it on you would hear you know 20 30 seconds of 20 different songs you liked all in one tune It's a it's a trip but you know whatever
3: that's yeah. a good description um now i'm not saying this is a great song and it's certainly not among their greatest hits but i just thought it was really fun to play for our show since there were so many. References to and samples of alternative bands in there.
6: It's a early example of turntablism, which was perfected in my opinion on Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique. And at the time it was probably pretty impressive because right. it was something new. Yeah. But by today's standards, it's the equivalent of it's the equivalent of putting together a YouTube video compilation of the songs that all kind of
3: sound the same. <laughs> well, I mean, by the today's standards, Melly Mel E-Mel and I mean, those guys are, are not up to speed rap wise, you know, they, they they almost sound like white guys rapping (laughs) when you listen to some of those early rap songs, but uh, it's still great.
6: So John, tell the folks where they can reach you and find you on the web.
2: Yeah. So the hustle pod, we come out every Tuesday with new episodes. I try to tell the stories of the artists that we all know that maybe we don't know that much about and, uh, kind of remind everybody that great stories and great music comes from all over the place. We have almost five years of an archive built up. So if you're new to the show, go back and see what you like. Thanks a lot, John. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. Let's do another one sometime. Definitely. All right. right. Thanks, Thanks, guys.
3: Thanks, man. Stay funky. All right. So here is Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five with the adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel. So long, Bedford. And all you soulful people out there.
7: You see? You see?
5: You see? You see? You say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that.
1: Five, five, ready, tell me everybody's sly. DJ's spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is fast, flash is fast, flash is Flash is cool, Francois, pas Flash ain't
5: no due. You say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that.
1: You know, I think I'll tell you the story of my life. You tell me. I want here too.
3: I was born in Anamuse, North Dakota, a long time ago, see. And now I'm lucky enough to be here with you.
1: Yeah, but what's happened to between? Yeah, what else happened?